Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to the Private Members Podcast for the Body Reset. This podcast has been built to help build the skill set of health so you're equipped with the skills to navigate life in a body that never holds you back. I'm going to walk you through some of the core concepts, beliefs, and strategies we use in the Body Reset coaching system to help transform your body, upgrade your energy, and dive deeper into understanding long-term health and performance. Let's find that first domino. Beautiful. We've got a couple more people rocking in. Uh, we're on Facebook. We are recording. We are good to go. Cool. So um, to give you a little bit of a uh, bird's eye view on what I want to go through today, uh, first thing I want to go through is I'm going to give a little bit of insight into a personal story um, just to make sure that hopefully it gives you a perspective. It gives you some insight on where uh, this angle is coming from. Uh, from there, I want to go a little bit deeper into this whole concept of optimizing toward, towards 80, why I've become so uh, jazzed about it <laughs> over the last two or three months, why I think it's a fantastic goal to have, uh, and really allowing each and every one of you to get a little more clear on what that actually looks like for you, because I don't think it's a question you ask very often, uh, if at all, um, and I think it becomes a really nice way to, I'm sure you've got short-term goals, but really extend the long one too, all right? And then the last one, we're going to kind of go there with... Uh, building that out with a bit more of a longer term motivation, make sure it's reliable, make sure it's never ending, making sure there is something you want to keep doing. All right. So that's really the game plan for today. Uh, and we should be able to wrap this all up in about 35, 40 minutes. So you can get back to your day with my voice in the back of your head. Uh, so you can't sleep. All right. So uh, the first part I want to go through is um, I, for the first seven or eight years of my sort of more weight training fitness side of things, I, I did every sport under the sun, but I, certainly from high school through to uni and beyond, uh, became very focused on the physical. Uh, there was absolutely a, a mental element to, and, and if you've ever done a, uh, a level of uh, these kind of competitions, uh, it's absolutely a mental element, but it came very amount about the physical, right? We're building bigger biceps, we're building a bigger back, whatever it might be. Uh, and there's a very, very big focus on um, the physical goals in a, in a three to six month time uh, extent. Um, as you, as many of you know, I had a pretty big, big, big motorbike crash uh, about three years ago now. Um, and that was, you know, aside from the motorbikes itself, there was a real desire towards the sort of dopamine hits of short-term goals, right? Whether it was the um, the motorbikes, whether it was the more training-influenced uh, goals, there was very much just a uh, more of a short-term focus behind the motivations and the goals I had, right? The pre-workouts before training, the, you know, work really hard during the week and and uh, feel like I needed to fill the whole weekend with adrenaline, just a cycle that many of us tend to fall into. And if I'm honest, not particularly tuned into what was happening internally, as long as I was looking good physically, I felt the confidence kind of pulled me through. From that crash, um, it kind of became a way to accelerate uh, what I want to go through with you today a little bit more. Um, when you're younger, when you're in your mid-20s, I think part of that goal tends to be, you know, six-pack abs on the beach, a general attraction to the opposite sex or same sex, whatever. Um, the awareness of that as you get older tends to change, right? Like when you're 80, you don't really care about six-pack abs. It might be part of the goal, but a big part of this comes back to being able to do cool stuff in a body that doesn't hold you back. Uh, and for me, you know, with, and I'm sure this has happened to plenty of you before, but going through a crash that uh, very much I shouldn't be here, <laughs> considering the speed to which I crashed to the extent of which I broke things, uh, there was a lot of things of like, I really hope I can do this again, right? And for me, that allowed me to accelerate that, um, I guess, shift in why I trained. And it took a really 
but it didn't take a long time. Six months felt like a really long time for me where I just had zero motivation to exercise. Um, I continued to get the workouts in, but it was just, I was training at 20%. You know, I'd trained myself so hard to show up to the gym, but once I was there, I still had zero, zero motivation. Um, and again, one of the huge um, reasons I'm grateful to you know be part of the body reset is it allowed me to really tune into that a little bit further. But the awareness of why I exercise became something that had to shift in a very short time horizon for me to able to get an awareness of moving forward. Uh, and this little photo on the right is a bit of a fun one. There was a there's a there was an app a couple of years ago where you could like make your 80 year old self, <laughs> uh, basically turn me into a, an exact replica of my dad. Um, but an awareness of um, building towards what I feel is a huge motivation for me now. Absolutely, I still want to look good, but there's a massive amount of I know I sh I feel better on a day to day basis when I exercise. It, it's kind of like the um, the mental floss for me. I just feel yuck if I miss a workout in a day. I feel sharp. I feel clearer. I feel like I'm more energetic in a day. And for me, that just creates a very different desire around the exercise, the consistency to which I exercise, and the reasons I guess. Uh, you know, on the hard days while I continue to get that in. So the, the big reason I want to bring this up as to what that looks like for 80 is when life is full on, zo zooming out and looking at this from more of a 10-foot view, um, for me, I've always found a very helpful lens and allows you to get rid of the reactivity of the spot. Uh, when it comes to health, uh, and you've probably seen this from me a couple of times before, it's very much one of those things for many of us that fits in that important category. We know it's important, but it's not urgent. There's always something that we can move, slide, or, or put on top of that time that we've booked out to work out, right? The meeting, the kids, the the urgent appointment, the the thing, right? Always happens before the workout or, or before adding us in, uh, getting in the way of our you know lunchtime walk or even our meal, um, because there's something that always extends. So to step it right back a little bit, guys, is I want to look at this through what this actually looks like at 80 years old for you, right? The life expectancy through New Zealand Australia is 82, 83, all right? So for everyone on this call, you're past halfway, and that becomes a scary thought and probably not one you think about all the time. Hopefully, it creates emergency, but hopefully, it also creates some, some importance around how much control you have of what that looks like at 80. So I want to give you... You know, a couple minutes here to actually write down what this looks like for you. What do you still want to be doing at 80 years old, right? There's going to be an awareness of what's still realistic. You're probably not going to be running marathons, <laughs> but an awareness of what things do you still want to be self-proficient at doing, right? Are there grandkids you want to spend time around with? Are you wanting to be able to make sure that daily tasks you're still um, able to do by yourself? You're strong enough to get yourself out of the chair. Is there a you're a big fan of Labradors or whatever, and you want to be able to take that 45 kilo dog for a walk. What are the things that you could add in there that really gain clarity and a vision for you around what 80 actually looks like for you? All right. So write those one down. We'll give you a couple minutes here. Uh, and then we'll really, really build on this one. Three, two, one. Great. So where we're going to go to from here is the first part of this is creating an awareness around the, the longer-term goals, right? When we create long-term, uh, short-term goals, we kind of look towards the short-term actions and hacks. Uh, when we do that, we sort of, we, we satisfy the chipmunk brain of getting the dopamine rush now, but we really do nothing to, to create more of an experience long-term, right? 
this is a big reason for lowering motivation over time is we we hit, hit a certain goal, we get those competition blues, we start a lower baseline, we find a new goal, we really work towards the goal, we, we find a new slump, and we have to keep going again, it just becomes exhausting of needing to find the next thing that's exciting enough for us to get out of bed, rather than realize that life itself and the ability to stay as strong and healthy as possible for as long as possible could actually be the goal, right? So the, the concept here is stacking the habits and enjoying how it feels rather than trying to hit, out, hit it out of the park in 30 days, right? That concept of feeling the stress of needing to achieve a goal in a certain time frame, ironically, is usually the thing that stops you from doing the small little tweaks and adjustments of awareness or rest that allow you to get it there in a certain timeline. Our body feels that urgency, that that um, extra stress of ultimately we put on us. So the goal is creating a bit more of a slow burn there. So with the concept of this 80-year-old self, with the thoughts or the actions we've put down on our page around what we want to do still at 80, I want you to think of two things you're currently doing right now that's going to help you at your 80-year-old self. What are two things you're currently doing? And then from that, two things that you want to add in there to help you, your 80-year-old self. Again, what we're trying to not do here is the shoulds and beating ourselves up for the things we're not doing, we're finding a deeper desire as to why we want to do it in the first instance, and we're stopped getting all of these obstacles, hopefully, or less obstacles in our way to actually achieve them. So a couple of things down here. We'll just give you a minute on this one. I'd love to know, uh, once you've got all four of those down, two things that you're currently doing, just write those ones in the chat. Of all the things you're doing in Body Reset and doing for yourself, what are two things that are highlighted for you? I'd love to know what those are. Cooking good food and reducing cholesterol levels massively. Cool. I will say, um, Tom, I know this isn't you, but just for reflection on, on everyone, um, as we get older, one of the things that we want to manage is um, keeping acid levels in our stomach high enough and keeping cholesterol levels in our body in an optimal range, not just low. Because one of the things that we see a lot uh, that really damage hormones as we get older is, you know, we're so worried about getting cholesterol lower that uh, cholesterol is actually required for a lot of our main hormones, right? So as we get older, actually maintaining good cholesterol levels rather than just lower cholesterol um, is something that's really helpful. And then the acid side of things, we see a lot of people that are uh, put on anti-acid um, or heartburn supplements uh, when, you know, as we get older, it becomes more and more likely that you actually have low acid levels and you struggle breaking foods down. Hence why a lot of people struggle with eating meat as they get older. It's not that they shouldn't be having meat, it's that they should be looking at improving their acid levels. That's Ollie's tangent. Um, regular strength training and good nutrition. Uh, strength training, eating well. Yep, you've got the idea. Building strength and great nutrition. Good. Tom, the bad is down, the good is up. Brilliant, the ratio. Uh, good food, varying forms of movement. Awesome, Andrew. I like it. Cool. So uh, the second part I want to go through here, hopefully the first part that I went through today, that, that concept of your 80-year-old self, the concept of stepping back, looking at it. Um, I really like to use this frame of reference a lot um, because the person you are now at 45, 55, whatever, may not be capable of making the same decision that you would make as your 80-year-old self. It just allows you to put a different perspective on things, allows you to look at the same problem, the same whatever, with a different lens. So allowing yourself to step back and look at it allows you to place less importance on the bonus or project or whatever thing is in front of you, and more emphasis on the health, the purpose of kids, the, the thing that you know you're going to care about more at 80. And I think it's a really nice frame of reference that every now and then, if you're stuck on a certain problem, it becomes a really, really cool one to use. So where I'm going to go with this one 
um, is with that frame, with that eight-year-old frame is right now, what do I feel I'm too reactive to? Am I missing out on moments of joy and gratitude in my day because I'm rushing the whole time? Or possibly, am I able to, am I creating more stress out of a situation than I actually need to, right? The problem I'm really stuck on, I'm really chewing on right now, if I looked at it 20 years time, I'm like, damn, Charmaine, why did I stick on that for so long, right? Really stepping back and looking at that would be really helpful, all right? So just from your reactivity lens, again, through compassionate rather than why am I doing this? <laughs> um, let's look at how we can create a little bit more joy in the moment, a little more gratitude of what we're actually going through. Something I've heard from a lot of uh, people I follow or look up to at the moment is if I put myself back in the situation I was five years ago where I was right in the middle of the shit building the thing that I was trying to build, right? Uh, I wish I enjoyed a little bit more because now that it's become this thing and I'm enjoying the, the fruits of my labor, I'm in a position where I really enjoyed being that that guy really hustling, really pushing to create the thing I'm creating now, right? So that just awareness, if you're right in the middle of that moment of working really hard, trying to get through certain projects or, um, you know, right in those last couple of years before the kids leave home, whatever it might be, how could you sit in a little bit more gratitude of that moment because you won't get it again? What's one thing you could do for that reactivity or reducing it today? Write that one in the chat. That's a great one, Craig. I've got two ears and a mouth for one for a reason, eh? Uh, listen better. Really good one. Pause, breathe. Yes. After every call, uh, Melissa, that's the focus. That, that's the intention. In between every uh, set at the gym, between every call at the computer, pause, breathe. Go to the next thing. Really, really cool step. Um, choose, choosing to be curious instead of anxious, worried. Yep. Excited and anxious are the same emotion. You get to choose a story behind it. Get less distracted and keep focused on what's truly important. Spread the load. Yep. Over the week, between the team, whatever it might be, spread the load. I like it. Cool. This is really good. So the second part to this, um, this quote really hit me. I really, really liked it because, uh, you know, a lot of things about health we see as being about delayed gratification, right? Don't eat the cookie now, <laughs> get the work out and have the cookie later, whatever. But the ultimate form of delayed gratification is no gratification. And I think this is maybe a reframe itself in what exercise is to you, right? Because sometimes the delayed gratification is I need to get this really shitty workout out of the way to do something later. What if we wanted to do the workout and the workout becomes the gratification or the space to do the thing we want to do, like surfing or fishing or paddleboarding or whatever the thing is, being able to add that thing into your life rather than delaying it down the road, right? We think about we'll save money to a certain point or we'll work to a certain point or we'll do this and that until a certain point. But it's a case of creating those little pockets. And I heard this from a guy the other day of, you know, I'm going to I'm going to borrow that money from my 80-year-old self to enjoy this moment now. And the concept was I only become, and of course, you can take that too, too far. Don't, don't tell that to your teenage uh, daughters or whatever. But that awareness of, um, there's there's only one time time in your life where you be, you're the person who can do the the um, backpacking in Europe, or there's only one time in life where you can be the person doing the skydiving. Or what I mean by this is there's a there's an expiry date to one of those things, right? At some point, wakeboarding just sucks because it hurts your hands and you've got a sore back and you know I want to do it. So at some point, we need to add in those activities. At some point in our life where we can still do them, we can still enjoy them. Whereas if we, all we do is we work and work and work or do whatever, and we miss out on those things, we can't get some of those back. So what are we craving more of in our life, in our life right now that we keep delaying, that we could maybe bring forward a little bit? 
What's one of those things that we could do to add a little bit more reward? This is obviously where we spend a lot of our time in, in these mindset calls around adding joy into your life. And that was very much through the initial lens of, I had a presentation up in Auckland a couple, well, probably about a year ago now. And I, I asked a simple question of like, what do you do for joy? And the whole room of these business owners doing all these great things just looked at me like a deer in headlights. And it was never a discussion they'd had before. So it's a discussion I'd like to have more regularly around how we create more re reward on a daily or weekly or monthly basis to make sure we're adding those pockets in now. Awesome. So um, I'm going to tie this back to a little bit more awareness around this training. I really, really liked that, you know, the question of like, what am I doing now to stay strong when I'm 80? A lot of it came through as weight training. Um, and one of the things, as I mentioned earlier on, is my motivation towards training for a good six-month period really, really dropped. But the discipline behind knowing what needed to continue in order to keep that foundation moving forward um, was really built around association of why I did certain things, right? So I want to give you these three. The top three signs of longevity overall are grip strength, walking speed, and muscle mass, right? Overall, if we step back, there is obviously markers of our strength, our balance, our overall fitness. But if we go a little bit deeper here, we can start to conceptualize where does that really tie into what you're doing or hopefully what you're doing right now. Um, what we see here with grip strength, a lot of the time getting to your first pull-up, the first sign of that is being able to hold the bar for 30 seconds, right? Just building up your grip strength, whether it's a deadlift or a pull-up or whatever it might be. It's a fantastic exercise for your core, for your shoulders, and of course your grip. So if nothing else, I, I do it more regularly now that I can actually get my arm above my head again is just hanging off a bar for 30 seconds, right? Like I said, beautiful for your lower back and your core, really good for your shoulders, and of course, good for your grip. So adding something in to improve that grip strength, number one. A second one is that walking speed. Maybe it's the daily walk in the morning and getting those a bit of pace back to your walk. For a lot of us, it can be glute strength, making sure it's, it's not just happening through our quads and calves, like really getting those big muscles working on that we don't typically use as much as we should. And then the last one is that overall, that awareness of, uh, you know, hitting the protein targets so we can actually build tissue, that stimulus of muscle over, overall to make sure we can maintain that muscle. Uh, and I'm going to add a third one in here, which is the work, work you enjoy doing, right? Keeping your mind sharp. One of the things that we see, or one of the most associated things with mental decline is as soon as, they as, soon as people retire and they stop doing things, they stop using their brain, right? I've got um, one of the best inspirations, uh, growing up was a bloke that worked for my dad and he'd uh i think he's 83 now and he's still working <laughs> and he gets to work at say five five thirty in the morning um works through to about three goes home but he's just and of course he gets slower <laughs> but he's he just keeps going and it's one of those things that you can see as an 83 year old and looking 83 year olds next to him you can see how much the whether it's traditional work in a work environment or whether it's work in a in a hobby environment that you choose for yourself that ability to continue to utilize the mind to 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 present yourself with problem solving fo focuses and keep that brain going is the biggest thing that stops your brain from from declining quickly right so a, a big part of this is trying to make that goal more real uh, uh, conceptualizing or manufacturing more of a vision behind the exercises that you're doing um, and for me, this bottom one's a really powerful one um, where there's a lot of research now coming out. Well, there was one particular study I was reading here where every hour that you're exercising allowed you to add three years to your life, right? Longer, healthier, stronger lives coming back to the hour in your gym. So if you 
say you don't have time, it became a really interesting way of saying, well, you're actually adding two hours for every hour that you spend in the gym. It's really just taking and borrowing that time from your future self and giving you a better life then as well, right? So just a different way of looking at it overall. So really the final note here, team, is um, at some point you start hitting, you stop hitting your last PB, right? And if if you're someone who is in your peak, peak shape at, say, 32, 33, that typically tends to be the, the end of that peak around when we're at our top physical uh, state. From there, it generally becomes a concept of how long can we maintain that for as long as possible. Now, for many of us here, if we're getting back into improving our health, um, getting stronger again, we're probably still enjoying that dopamine hit of those PBs again, right? Starting to build up the weights to getting stronger and stronger. At some point, those PBs don't continue to go up and you get as strong as your 20-year-old self. It's simply about maintaining that for as long as possible, right? It's how much longer do you want to continue to play footy with your kids? Is it how much longer do you want to still be able to go skiing on the mountains in the winter? It's whatever that thing is for you, it's how long can you maintain it? And I've shared a story before of the um, 62-year-old sprinter who you know has this awesome little group of sprinters they continue to sprint with and just how long can I maintain it for? That's a brilliant mentality, but it requires, hopefully, from what we've gone through today, that awareness of sort of a slow-burning drive to continue, not some big, exciting, I'm going to blow it out of the park in 30 days. Um, and I think it's a shift that if you struggle with that motivation long-term, that becomes the burn, that becomes the shift in why we do the things long-term, and just an awareness of uh, how we create that, how we manufacture that to keep that going. All right. Um, so I'd like to finish, team, just with uh, maybe a takeaway or two. Just overall, am I heading in the right direction? What's something that for you came up on today's call? What's the most important point? Um, either just write one thing in the chat, or if it's easy to say it out loud, uh, maybe that's what you're doing with the hand there. Jesse, I'd love for you to just unmute um, and let me know what you think. Cool. Um, I just had a question. You talk about grip, grip strength and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've just set up a... Um, a pull-up bar and when I was a kid I used to be probably able to do 50 pull-ups so I won a school competition doing it you know yeah I'm not lucky if I could do two now um what I mean I used to do pull-ups every day just because I had a bar when I was a kid my dad built one of those and uh what do you recommend like if I can only do like one or two pull-ups now yeah are there any other exercises to get stronger to do more pull-ups? I just, I'm not like oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, we're actually doing this with our uh, with our mastery clients at the moment for the last two months. So, um, Kathy, I can get you to to tell them. Um, but that awareness of uh, grip strength, as I said initially, really great place to start is just hang on the bar for yeah. say 30 seconds. Um, and then we go through a progression of ultimately isometrics, eccentrics, and concentrics. What that means is essentially uh, holding in one position. A, a lengthening of the muscle or lowering, and then we can start looking towards the pulling up. All right. So we've got a whole video breakdown of this. I can send it through to you. I believe it's in the exercise section. So you can actually just go th right through it. Um, but the goal there would be just holding an isometric, ideally at 90 degrees. So like holding at 90 degrees here and, and holding that position. In that, you feel your biceps, you feel your, your core, everything, just being able to get used to that one position. Does Once you get up to failure or is it a certain amount of time? Or... Uh, we'd work you up to about two or three rounds of 30 seconds with, say, 60 to 90 seconds rest in between. That would be a really good step number one. And then the step two becomes eccentrics, right? So put a little step next to you, um, come up to the top, hold that position, and then you're extending down for uh, 10 to 20 seconds, so really, really slow. Do that again for three to four um, reps, 
rest, do a couple rounds of that. Again, this takes about eight, maybe 12 weeks total. And then we're looking towards doing our first pull-up. If we're still struggling at that point, it's either shoulder stability or a little bit of length and range bicep. But again, we can break that down at that point. Cool. 12 weeks, Jesse, let's do it. All right. Can you send me that link? Or... Absolutely. We'll send it, I'll send it to you after. Thanks. Um, cool. Let's go back through. I Who was the first one here? I didn't watch. Um, cool, Stuart. Uh, view my value as action based on the experience, not through our, hours effort. I really like that, Stuart. Thank you. Uh, choose how I react to others. Should he decisions that affect me? Good one. The the what is the the famous one there? Um, the the space between uh, stimulus and response is your ability to choose. Victor Frankl is that one. A really good one. Um, being grateful of the awesome lifestyle that I can create for myself. Yep. Uh, being active, uh, eat nutrient-dense foods every day, uh, live a longer, healthier, happier life uh, the way I choose to. Yep. Uh, keep stacking these habits to live with joy. Be clear on what brings me joy. That's why we do these trainings. Brilliant. Uh, and Elaine, uh, for me, the takeaway is to make space for me and my personal growth physically and mentally. I really like that. Awesome, team. Uh, thanks so much for jumping on. Um, hopefully that gave you something to, to chew on for the rest of the day. Uh, were there any other questions, any other shares? Happy to stay on uh, for a little bit longer. I was a little bit under my time allocation. Um, anything, any other shares or questions there before we finish up? No? All good. Well, team, thanks so much for jumping on. Hopefully that gave you something to work with. And uh, if you haven't watched last week's squad call, I have thrown that into the Mindset Mastery Vault. If you want to really break this down into a bit more of a game plan over the next 60 days, that'd be a goodie. Uh, and I will throw this one back up if you want to go through anything else as well. All right. Have an amazing week. We'll see you on the next one. See ya. Thank you. Bye.